Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel. Lady, good morning, everybody. Hey, morning. Hey, Jay. Hey, Key. Jay. Key. I'm going to ask you something. Something was on my mind. I was thinking as I was sitting here doing the break. Are you wearing shorts right now? Yeah, I got on uh, board shorts. I'm so jealous. Um, See, this is how he goes in the work. Can it's raining today in New York. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But wait, oh, I thought it was raining when I saw. Yeah, um, yeah. do they even know you at Duke, man? Wait, <laughs> what? I just wanted to ask that because <clears throat> for some reason I feel like you really didn't play for Duke. But that's you know I don't know. Just just a thought. The if people could only hear the amount of times that we're during the break. And you go, Jay, Jay. Yes, and I don't answer. And then Max is like, hey, Jay, he's calling you. I'm like, I know he's calling me. I just refuse to answer because he's going to hit me with some kind of jab. So it's when you hear the, hey, Jay, Jay. Hey, Jay. that little voice that you know floors? it's coming. You have hardwood floors? Yeah. That guy, that guy's jersey hangs on the rafters, Key. Hey, Jay. Jason Tatum had to call him and ask, could he wear 22? Like, of course they know who no, he is. I did, I, said, no, I, look, he, I just asked Hell a question. No. It came to my mind. Because I I I haven't seen him wear any Duke apparel or anything. I, I like. What are you talking about? I've been wearing Duke apparel for the last two years. I've been doing the damn show. Didn't you see the I, gif of him at Coach K's last game in Duke uh, calling a timeout? It was oh, everywhere. Yeah, I was trying to get him. To no, call I saw him standing. In, I did see him standing in the same, standing in the uh, stands with the yeah. Sounds like a hater to me. The Tiger Woods fist pump. Yeah, I yeah. saw you. He turned you into <laughs> Tiger Woods. Jay, sounds like a hater to me. It's all right. First of all, I don't know why Key is bringing up basketball, even though we're heading for the playoffs, even though baseball's actually going to have a season and we're gearing up for opening day. Well, he's bringing it up because Duke is playing tonight in the Sweet 16. Even though the Sweet 16 is tonight and Duke is in it because all we're talking about nowadays is NFL offseason news. 888-SAY-ESPN-729-3776. We're asking all day, does NFL offseason news still excite you? You can also hit us up on the Twitter feed, at KeyJNMax. By the way, we had a caller about an hour ago. He, he got me to thinking it's true. I, I talk about this in L.A., Key. What makes L.A. a city, right? Public transportation is not great. You, it almost like a, a series of in, sort of loosely connected suburbs in a way. What makes it a city? It's financially segregated for sure, right? What makes it a city? The Lakers more than anything. That's where everybody converges in L.A., all with the same purpose, the Lakers. What makes us a country right now so polarized? Red states, blue states. The, the, here's one shared experience that Americans have that everyone loves is the NFL. It's like the last shared American experience practically. So is, is that right? We should be leading with NFL offseason news even in the middle of everything else going on? Now, let me show you a real NFL degenerate, okay? He, you know this type well. You played for the team, the New York Jets. Look, Tyreek Hill, dynamic receiver, traded away from Patrick Mahomes. AFC West reverberations. Miami, what's going to happen there? But our producer, Evan, not thinking about the AFC West, not thinking about the Chiefs, not thinking about the Dolphins, not thinking about the NBA, Major League Baseball, you know, gearing up, nothing of that. What are you thinking about her? Evan has this wild, like, it's, I can't even explain it. Go ahead. Evan, give us your theory. The Jets missed out on Tyreek Hill a year ago. One year ago, the San Francisco 49ers gave a haul to the Miami Dolphins to get the third pick in the draft and draft Trey Lance. 
but the the 49ers they actually wanted Zach Wilson another BYU quarterback Steve Young even said this on ESPN he said that he knows the 49ers wanted Zach Wilson so the 49ers could have traded up with the Jets to the two pick instead of the three pick for basically the same package Jets go back into the teens. They draft around the line, right? Like they take, they still could take Elijah Vera Tucker and and still improve the team, and then run it back for one more year with Sam Darnold. Then they would have gone into this offseason with even more draft capital than they already had. They would have had two, two or th- they would have had three ones this year because they still had the Jamal Adams one. So they would have had three ones this year, two next year, and two the year after. You know what all that draft capital could have gotten them? Deshaun Watson. They could be in a situation where the Jets could have had Deshaun Watson. And then, if you're in the mix for Tyreek Hill, and he's picking between the Jets and the Dolphins, you want to play with Tua or you want to play with Deshaun Watson in New York? He's going to choose Deshaun Watson in New York. The Jets last year, when they drafted Zach Wilson instead of making the trade, missed out on a chance at not only Tyreek Hill, but they missed out on a chance at Deshaun Watson, too. Would they have had anything left though to go get Tyreek Hill, or, or, or are you saying that they still could have gave that thirty? They would have had both. They would have had enough trade capital for both. They had enough trade capital alone here to go get Tyreek Hill. They could have used some of those other first round picks that they would have gotten from the Forty ers that again they still had from the Jamal Adams deal and been in a position to also go get Watson. But that's and they a still would have figured out a way to stink. Yep, and that's a different team though than the team with Zach Wilson because of the veteran quarterback nature of Deshaun. Right. So Tyreek naturally probably would have wanted to be with a team that had a legitimate shot. Zach Wilson in the Jets, I understand the retooled offensive line and Tucker and all of those guys and Beckham, I get it. I understand all that. But they're not a ready team yet, so Tyreek would have had to have come only for Deshaun. Do you think, Key, like New York can be a magnet for some and it can repel others, right? It's not for everyone. No. Do you think – uh, uh, do you think Deshaun Watson would have ever chosen the Jets? And by the way, let G- me preface I know there are 22 open civil cases against I was about to, serious stuff. Yeah, I was going to get into that. I was going to say, given the nature of what he has gone through and going through, I don't know that he would have chosen New York because New York, you know, much like L.A., they're not going to let you forget at all. And – I don't know that he would have wanted to take that on. You know, you could kind of deal with it differently, I think, in Cleveland than you can in New York, right? I mean, it's just you mentioned it, the 22 uh, cases that's still out there pending in a silver suit. It looks a lot different in New York than it does in other places just from a media standpoint. But, Keith, should it? I, that, huh? I, I, I guess that's the question I ask myself. Should it? Like, should it? Well, it's just, it. no, it shouldn't. But New York media. There's more media. It, it's more media. More it's people. big. It's, it's powerful opposed to some of the smaller places. That's yeah. all. Some of the smaller states where NFL teams are, it just, it's it's still going to be covered, but not like New York. You know, New York, they'll cover, they'll cover a rat chasing a, a cat down the street. I mean, they just. You know, the rats are big enough here to chase. Yeah, you know, that went viral. The rat taking the pizza up the stairs. You ever see that one? Or down the stairs? I've seen that one, too. And I've seen the rat get into a fight with a cat. Yeah, that cat didn't want no parts of the rat. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I I, I hear what you're saying. It it would have been, it's interesting, though, because during that time, talking to his team, like it was something that they were eyeing down because of the opportunities for Deshaun. It's just all those ancillary things that happened, not ancillary, that's the wrong choice of words. The issues that occurred, I think, probably deterred that 
in a major way. Let's say yeah, they because originally, uh-huh. originally, he asked for the trade. New York was a part of it, and then everything started to come apart when the sexual allegations hit. It was like, whoa, that ain't you know, because originally that wasn't out there. Mm-hmm. It was all about the team, and and I think when you look at it though, Max. The Tyreek Hill situation is is best for the Jets right now that they did not make that move, giving up 35, 38, and 69 in this year's draft to go get him because they're not a ready team. But let's say they did have Deshaun. Let's just say, and, you know, again, 22 serious, separate women alleging serious stuff. No criminal charges, but the civil cases remain open. But key, so, but let's say anyway, the Jets decide, yes, we're going to trade for him, and they do what Evan said, and they still have draft capital to get Tyreek Hill. Would Tyreek Hill have chosen the Jets had they had Deshaun Watson over the Miami Dolphins? I think he would have. Really? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the better quarterback. Yeah. yeah, better quarterback, and it would have been a better team. The team is a ready-now-compete AFC. He's better than Josh Allen, or at least on par Josh Allen is on par with him. He's better than Tua. You know, he's better than Mac Jones. So, naturally, the team is going to be better. That's interesting to me because there are some guys where you're like, I don't know, look, the Drew Rosenhaus connection in Miami. The way, the, people just like no taxes and warm weather, right? They like yeah, the sun. Yeah, but if I'm the cheetah, I'm yeah, the cheetah in Midtown, I'm getting a billboard. I'm getting all sorts of money on, on Park Avenue, on, on um, Madison Avenue. Madison Avenue. I'm making money. I got uh, uh, Cheeto commercials and all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah. Yep, yep. If, if, you, if you believe in yourself and you have the kind of personality that can handle the New York media, it's a megaphone for your brand, no question. Mm-hmm. You know, like L.A., because our country, our number one exports actually are a popular culture. We export that through L.A. and through New York. And and so if you think you're going to be a crazy brand, you can come get that money. Keyshawn J. Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's get to a, a different New York team who no longer have to worry or wonder what if. The madness continues. Westwood One, NCAA Radio Network. It's over. Mike Krzyzewski and the Duke Blue Devils headed to San Francisco and the Sweet 16. They knock off Michigan State 85 to 76. This is ESPN Radio. All right, we're going to get to Duke and the Sweet 16 in a second. Uh, but Seth Greenberg is notorious with us right now. Good morning, coach. Good morning, gentlemen. What's happening? We got a little NBA. We got a little Sweet 16. The Dukies are playing. We got Villanova and Attitude playing. A lot of good stuff going on today. A lot of good stuff. Oh, by the way, is anything going on in football? (laughs) Hey, Coach, let's start with this before we get into the uh, Sweet 16. How significant is it that New York is looking to lift the vaccine mandate at least for performers, which would mean athletes from major teams get to play in the city even if they are not vaccinated, which means Kyrie returns to play in Barclays. Well, it's significant. Uh, look, Durant and Kyrie, saying they're dynamic offensively is an, actually almost an insult to what they're able to do. But, Jay Will, I hate to tell you, and I know you love your Brooklyn Nets, but they're 21st in defensive efficiency. They need to get Kyrie in the practice gym because, you know what, they need to be able to stop someone. And Durant, how about that mental shot he took it at Memphis saying, well, you know, they were more freed up without John Morant. Please, come on now. Seriously? Seriously? Look, the Nets right now, 
could win a championship. But 21st in defensive efficiency, name me the last team that was 21st in defensive efficiency that won an NBA championship. So which one is it? Can they win a championship? Because you just said they could win a championship. But no. Are you using their defensive No, they're not going to win a championship. You just said they could win a championship. Eventually, you got to get a stop. I'm just repeating Eventually, you got to stop someone, Coach, Will. Coach, what if that ticks up? Coach, what if that ticks up to 16, 15, something like that? That's not that much to jump well, a couple teams. Well, here's 17, what I'm saying. That's 15. what I'm saying. Now that he is going to be a full-time player, maybe they – just like you have chemistry offensively, you need chemistry defensively. You need to trust defensively. You know, need to know where that, who's taking that next pass if you're doubling. You need to know if you're switching or not switching. They haven't had enough time on the floor to develop any defensive chemistry. I, I would think if this is lifted and when it's lifted, that the most important thing – for Steve Nash to do is to develop a defensive identity because 21st in defensive efficiency is not winning you an NBA championship, no matter how spectacular those guys are offensively. Let's be honest here. You just don't like Kyrie. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't want to see Kyrie win. You just you always say no, the bottom's always going to fall you out. Stop it. Shut up. I've had enough of <laughs> the you. The bottom's that always going to fall simple, out. There's always that something that's going to happen. Enough. I'm now done with you. Defense. I'm done with you. We ready to move on and get yeah. to the Sweet 16? This, this is what we do. This is this is our everyday lives, <laughs> by the way. Coach, what which, do we got tonight? Which game you most intrigued by? Yeah, what do we got tonight, Seth? Who who do you like tonight? Well, here you have to be intrigued by Duke and Texas Tech. I mean, you, you look, you just have to because every time Coach K plays, even though he says, you know, they haven't put pressure on him just by Coach deciding that this is going to be his last year, there's pressure on him. Now. I'm intrigued because it's two different styles. It's 19-year-olds versus 21-year-olds. It's a team that's totally built on the defensive end, playing against a team when they're playing downhill and not settling is an elite offensive team. I just think the storylines for this game are really interesting. Uh, I love the way Duke played the last five minutes of that Michigan State game. Can they do that for 40 minutes? That'll be the question. I think every game tonight, there isn't a game tonight that to me doesn't intrigue me. I mean, I mean, plain and simple, Michigan, the way they're playing, you know, you, uh, Villanova struggled with bigs. Uh, Adama Sinogo, when, when Connecticut beat them, uh, he had 20. They dominated him on the glass. They win that game. Obviously, Hunter Dickerson is you know, a mountain masquerading as a man. I think every single game has intrigue, but nothing more intriguing than, you know, what, you know, it could be Coach K's last game against a team of junkyard dogs. That team at Texas Tech, they don't care. They're just going to lace them up and ball. Coach, which top seed is most vulnerable other than your Gonzaga's? No, no, that's your Gonzaga team that you think is most vulnerable. Not not my Gonzaga team. You think it's your Gonzaga team that is most vulnerable. I'm going to go outside the box. I'm going to say it's going to be Arizona, and I have Arizona winning it all, and I'll tell you why. It's just how well Houston's playing. I mean, Houston defensively is a absolute clinic. Uh, Houston, in terms of Taze Moore and Kyler Edwards uh, and uh, their and Shed, their backcourt has been dominating. They're going to control the tempo of the game if they're going to win. They're going to rebound and get extra possessions. They're going to be physical up front with with the front court of Arizona. If this game is in the '60s, high '60s, Houston's winning this game. Uh, you watch what TCU did to Arizona. Uh, very similar game plan. Very physical defense. Uh, it's going to be a possession game. If Houston has it their way, it's going to be a possession game. So, therefore, you're eliminating all those transition buckets, about 21 points a game. 
Uh, you're going to take Arizona off the glass. You're going to disrupt their rhythm. I think that they're the most vulnerable at a number one because of style of play in the NCAA tournament. Seth, who's the best team left outside of St. Peter's who you think could be the most surprising team to reach the Final Four? Like, could Miami yeah, they're not the reaching the Final Four. Yeah, I know. But like, could Miami reach the Final Four? Miami could reach the Final Four. I mean, uh, look, look, the best team left is Gonzaga. I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it really is. And, and, and Gonzaga, not because of Chet Holmgren. And people say, well, Chet Holmgren, he changes their defensive box. That's the best team left. It's Andrew Nebhard and Drew Timmy. They're the two best players. Andrew Nebhard's played 196 out of 200 potential minutes in their last five games. Andrew Nebhard's got to stay on the court. Uh, the manner in which they play, the flow in which they play, they've improved defensively. They've got a little bit better depth. They have some toughness. Now, Julian Slaughter's got to play better. He's only averaging four and a half points a game. But in terms of the best team that's remaining, they're the best team. Are they vulnerable? Sure, they're vulnerable. Everyone is vulnerable. Look at the, what happened this this season. Who's the player of the year? Changed every week. Who's the best team in the country? Changed every week. There were weeks that we thought you know, Auburn was invincible. There were weeks we thought Alabama, I mean, I mean, Kentucky was invincible. There were weeks where we thought that Duke was invincible. Well, you know what? Everyone has scars. There's no Balor out there right now. There's only one man. Biggest who never sleeper thought Duke of the group. Invincible. The biggest sleeper of the group is UCLA, though. The only. There's only one guy who never, ever, for a second, thought Duke was invincible ever. You know who that is. Jay Will. You know what time it is. <laughs> Jay Will to guarding those emotions, not letting himself go there. Who's he? Doesn't, he doesn't get lost in the brother. Jay Will is it, to me. Jay Will is the most measured guy when it comes to Duke. Uh, he takes it at face value, and that's a and that's a compliment. I mean, he see look he he's been part of it. He sees their strengths. He sees their weaknesses. I mean, look if they execute the way they did the last five minutes. If they execute the way they did the last play of the first half when they got that slip for Mark Williams, you know that's that was huge progress for me because time and score special situations has not been a Duke staple the last few years. If they can do that and close out games, and Bancaro can play into people's chests and to the rim. You know, look, they have more pros than anyone else left in the tournament. There's no doubt about it. I mean, who's not a pro? I mean, Moore's a pro. Obviously, Williams is a pro. Banchero's a pro. Uh, You go right down their roster, A.J. Griffin's a first-round draft choice. They have more pros than anyone. Wouldn't you agree, J. Will? Yes, 1,000%. A.J. Griffin might go top 10, which is crazy to say. So coach, hey, Jeremy you know, Roach is playing like a guy that, you know, hey, if Ish, if Ish Smith can stay in the league this long, why can't Jeremy Roach play the league? Yeah. Coach, so you don't think St. Peter's has a shot, huh? No legit shot. Look, if the game was played at West 4th Street or at the Rocker or 135th and Riverside or, or a Gaucho Gym, I think they'd have a shot because they don't care. They don't care. I mean, they're going to pressure. They're going to try to push Purdue out. They're going to try to disrupt passing lanes. Uh, you know, they're going to try to try to muck the game up as much as possible. They're going to try to spread that defense out. All those things. Uh, I think shot making, Ivy, and then Noah's Ark, the two bigs. I, I think just too much. The, the difference is the number of shot makers on the floor. I don't think they can dominate the backcourt like they dominated the backcourt at Kentucky. Kentucky's backcourt got absolutely whooped. Let, let's just call it the way it is. Now, look, if they played seven times, Kentucky would win six of them. You know, wow. Kentucky was one for six in the free throw line. But the, the same P team, one thing they have, they have no fear. And it's not that they're playing with house money. They have no fear. Like city guards, man. Hey, Jay Will, city guards, are they afraid of anything? No, and they're raking down on everything, Seth. Coach, you, yeah. what you just when you just said that, what I thought before you said when as soon as you said if they were playing at the Rucker or West Fourth, but 
basketball is basketball. Like, if you can do that at the Rucker or West 4th, even if the odds are against you, like you said, if they played how many times, yeah, they St. Pete would lose most of them, but not all of them. And yeah. all you got to do is be on that night. Yeah, but they're going against the top three draft pick and Jaden Ivey, and those bigs are ma- – that's, that's, their, their front line is bigger than some NBA front lines. Yeah. Yeah, and they shoot it, Jay. Well, I mean, they shoot 39% from the three-point line. And then Ivy can take the game. Like, Ivy can take the game over. I don't think, and and this is me, Kentucky didn't have one guard that could take the game over. Jaden Ivy could take the game over. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you double Trayvon Williams, he's dropping dimes like magic. I mean, he's throwing it all. I mean, he's making the right play. Uh, The one thing is Purdue, they don't always guard. But I don't think Purdue's going to get stretched out. I think Purdue's going to plant their heels right on the three-point line and they're going to keep everything in front of them, and they're going to try to force them to shoot contested shots. They're not going to get stretched out. Like Kentucky got stretched out a little bit. They tried to pressure them and speed them up. I think Purdue's so confident offensively that they're not worried about having to turn them over. They're, they're, they're going to be like, I'm going to keep this thing in front. You're going to shoot a contested shot. We're going to rebound it. We're going to come down the other end. We're going to be fishing offensively, and we're going to make shots. Seth Greenberg mentioned those Wendy Wooden Award finalists. The college basketball season is winding down, and that means we must turn our attention to Wendy's Wooden Watch. Go to ESPN.com, search Wooden Watch for the list of the Wooden Award nominees to watch as this season rolls on. Brought to you by Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. All right, SG. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the games. Kentua Tungavailoa. Deliver a Super Bowl in Miami. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e bike yet? You need to check out Electric e bikes today, the number one selling e bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Diana Russini joins, rejoins our show now. And we're going to play some real or not real as you can hear. Let's be very clear about what we're doing. Real or not real, that a certain quarterback can lead his team to a Super Bowl. Not just be on the team and they win a Super Bowl, but lead the team to a Super Bowl. Evan, why don't you take it away? Yeah, let's start with the guy who's under the most pressure now in Miami and Tua Tungavailoa. Diana, can Tua lead the Dolphins to the Super Bowl? Real or not real? Not real. My reason is I think what that offense is going to need from him now that they have a player of the caliber of Tyreek Hill, what we saw him do in Kansas City, a little bit of that backyard football, what he had with Patrick Mahomes. Those kind of moments are what Tyreek Hill's going to need and want, and that is just not what Tua does. Tua is a dink and dunk, short pass type of quarterback, and unless he can figure out a way to really open up his game, 
I don't think we're going to see an explosive offense, despite the fact that you have the two fastest receivers in the game. They're going to have to make an adjustment. And in my belief, I actually think we're going to see Teddy Bridgewater a lot sooner than you think. Not real. I, I, I'm backing up Diana here. You think about Tua. You think about the toys that Cedric Wilson, they added now. They also added Tyreek Hill. High-octane, explosive personnel with a quarterback that has a water gun for an arm. Not real for now. I have not given up on Tua. I want to see what happens. Their best-case scenarios where this dude, you know, who's very, very accurate and getting more accurate, yes. gets better and then can become that guy, but not for this year. No, for sure not. All right, Diana. Derek Carr, he now got Devontae Adams. Can Derek Carr lead the Raiders to the Super Bowl? Real or not real? Real. I, I think Derek Carr now having Devontae Adams is going to be a, a significant jump. And, and, look, we can talk about their friendship and what they did when they were in college and all that stuff. He's great. But I think with Josh McDaniels now taking over, and I, I normally doubt a first-year head coach, but Josh has had experience before. This He's not going to be overwhelmed by all the change, maybe overwhelmed by this type of ownership who you know is really hands-on. But I think Derek Carr, with what he was able to do in last year with his tight end, and now with Devontae, I think this is actually the season I had the most confidence in Derek Carr. This is real. No question about it. I've been on the car train for quite some time. When everybody looked at me and thought I was crazy, including the guy you're sitting next to in Max Kellerman, you mentioned Devontae Adams. This is the first big-time receiver that Derek Carr has had outside of Amari Cooper. Wilder's a tied in for him. Hunter Renfro's a slot receiver. You pair those guys with Jacobs in the backfield, this offense and a retool defense going to make a run. In I got the no, AFC. Yeah, I got no problem admitting when I'm wrong. I was wrong about Derek Carr. At one point, I thought he quit on the team, said it, and he said he wanted to fight me in the octagon. What are you, crazy? But, but Derek, Carr, Derek Carr showed incredible leadership qualities this year. So when you say lead a team to the Super Bowl, he can do that. And by the way, Chandler Jones on the defense now with Crosby. Guys and, and gals, all I can tell you is this dude, if you have Derek Carr at quarterback, you're not looking. You're done. You have your quarterback. He can do it. Diana is president of the Ryan Tannehill fan club. Real or not real that Ryan Tannehill can lead him to the Super Bowl? <laughs> not real because I think that the rest of the team can lead them to the Super Bowl. Look, I, I Ryan Tannehill's the last image that we have of him is in Nashville throwing those three interceptions, and he lost the season for the Tennessee Titans. I am not making an excuse because, or an excuse for him because that was on, that was on him. That was some really bad decision making, and, and you got to hope in this offseason – he, he's working hard to make some of those corrections and get better with his decision-making. I still think the Tennessee Titans, no matter what, have a clear identity. They know who they are. They have a, a much-improved defense. They've got Derek Carr. Excuse me, they have Derek Henry, and they have A.J. Brown. But I do not think – I do think Ryan Tannehill is going to once again be the reason why they can't get to the Super Bowl. Not real. But he can be one of the 53 – on the plane from Tennessee to Arizona for the Super Bowl. They're going to get there. It's going to be because of a retool defense, or because of a head coach, and because of Derrick Henry and that running attack. Nothing against Ryan Tannehill. It's just that he's not a guy who can lead a team, but he certainly could be on the bus from the hotel headed to the stadium. And here yep. we have the line. I love these kind of distinctions. To me, Derek Carr is on one side of the line and Tannehill is on the other, even though I think they have comparable value. But Carr, to me, has a little more. Because I believe exactly what Key just said. I think Carr can lead you to a Super Bowl. 
I think with Tannehill, if I have Tannehill as my quarterback, I'm looking. If I have Carr, I'm done looking. Here's the one thing that I didn't give him enough credit for. He is one of the toughest quarterbacks in terms Tannehill. of get, Tannehill in terms of getting hit. That is the one thing they don't like to give a lot of compliments down there in Nashville in terms of praising their players because they run a, a, a tough ship there. That is the one thing that always comes out of that locker room when I talk to players is you don't understand the type of hits he takes and he just brushes it off and he stays in there and he's Wait, played hurt. Play him at tight end. I mean, you know, like a wide receiver, like it didn't go. Right, don't throw three picks when they need you Brutal. most. If you're, if you're Tannehill, you just can't do that. Brutal. That's why John Robinson was crying. Real or not real, Lamar Jackson can lead the Ravens to the Super Bowl, Diana. Real. Real. Uh, I, I think hopefully he'll get this contract situation figured out. I love what they've done on defense. Uh, I, I think this is the, the time for Lamar Jackson to take that step forward and win deep in the playoffs. And, and, and I believe he can do it. I think he can, too. No question about it. I believe 100%. I want to see what they do in the draft. With that being said, let me ask you this one really quick, Diane. What is holding him back from this contract extension? Uh, I think there's got to – I mean, I think there's there's a money situation, obviously, right, of how much they want to pay. I've heard some early numbers, 200 over five. Um, and, and, Key, there's, there's definitely an element here. You have a running quarterback. Uh, you, you know, to make an investment – in someone that could be prone to injury eventually in the future it is is risky. And you're seeing the prices of the quarterbacks right now getting paid, and you see how much they are. I just don't think Baltimore wants to go that far, knowing that could that could be a big risk, you know, Kay? Mm. Um, Not only do I think it's real that he can lead them to a Super Bowl, they might be my sleeper pick this year. Yeah. I saw Lamar Jackson carry a team in last year where on three separate weeks I said that's the best football player on the planet earth he could do it right now Russell Wilson he's on a new team with the Broncos can he lead his new team to the Super Bowl Diana real or not real not real not just yet you all fall in love in March and look they are significantly better with Russell Wilson I am not questioning that at all I still think there's part of this Broncos offense that needs to get better their offensive line and I'm always going to be a little skeptical of a first-year head coach. I know it's a boring answer, but it's the truth. It takes a bit to just get up to speed with how to run a team when you haven't done it before, and you've got a brand-new quarterback who's so used to doing it the way Pete did it in Seattle. There's going to be a lot of change and adjustment, and it, it will be remarkable if this does work out. No. No. He can't lead the Denver Broncos to the Super Bowl. I, I did, In fact, did he lead the Seattle Seahawks to the Super Bowl both times they appeared in it, one winning and one losing? And Richard Sherman certainly said no, so I'm saying no. I'd say yes. I think he can do it. I wouldn't take him to do it. I would say the odds are against it, right? But I, I wouldn't think it's impossible. I've seen Russell Wilson has some very good stretches in the NFL where he really showed out. I think he could do it. Last one, Matt Ryan led one team to the Super Bowl. Can he lead his current team to the Super Bowl, Diana, and the Colts, real or not real? I think he can lead them to the Super Bowl because I like the pieces around Matt Ryan. If they could protect him in the middle, right, because a lot of the issues you saw, Keith, if you remember for the Falcons, he was getting hit really early in the games, and, and he got a little skittish. I think that was, like, his biggest issue last year. And with this Colts offensive line, and look, it's not the same offensive line that we saw two, three years ago, which was phenomenal, but they're good. And that run game that they have, Jonathan Taylor is 
the best running back, uh, maybe neck and neck with Derrick Henry. I think they've got the right elements around him, and I think they know what they want to do with him. They loved Phillip Rivers for a lot of different reasons. We know the Carson Wentz situation didn't work out. I think this is the best fit for Indy. It's why they did what they did to make this work, and I think this is Matt Ryan's shot. This is Matt Ryan's shot, and I believe he can lead them to the Super Bowl. I'd like to see what they do in the draft in terms of picking up another receiver to pair with uh, Michael Pittman Jr. We already know what Jonathan Taylor is. We know what the offensive line and the defense is. Frank Reich is a pretty good coach. He has another coach now and Matt Ryan as the quarterback. He can certainly lead them to the Super Bowl. Agreed, and, and it's so interesting when you say, like, lead, Evan, because – Diana's first thing is he has to have a lot around him. So that makes you think, oh, so he's one of these guys who ain't going to lead him to the Super Bowl. He's going to kind of ride the team to the Super except that he will also lead. So, like, he does need a lot around him, and he is the type to lead them with his experience, with his – with his intelligence, and but but he he needs that protection. That leadership, though, that Matt Ryan, let's not understate that. That's the one thing everyone shares with me around the league about what he can do. And, and had you have, most players are walking into that Colts locker room knowing that they need to respect that guy. That that is QB one. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Thank you, Diana. NFL breaking moves continues to dominate March. Plus. We're back in two minutes with the all-time wrong team, guys. We'll explain what? next. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Wrong team, guys. So what do we mean by that? <clears throat> well, with all the trades in the NFL, including quarterbacks, it got us to thinking, who are the guys who just like ended their careers and in jerseys where you're like, come on, man, that ain't right. Like, Key, I had to look up Patrick Ewing because I remember the, the trade to the Supersonics back then, Seattle, but it wasn't even that. He had number six in Orlando. Come on, Pat, that ain't right. That's wrong. Who, who, who's your all-time? That's the wrong dude in the wrong jersey at the end. Man, it, you know. Other than Keyshawn Johnson on the Panthers, by the yeah. way. <laughs> wrong well, I was, jersey. I still was decent. I was – Okay. But it wasn't the right jersey for you, Key. That was you're not a Panther. Nah, I was more of a I was more of a uh, I, I was more of a Jet Buccaneer right. Cowboy type guy. No, I get it. I would say Shaq in Boston. Oh, that's the worst. That Shaq that, in Boston. That's got to take the cake. A Lakers icon in a Celtics uniform at the end. I, I don't know what it was. I guess Shaq just didn't want to be at home or something because ain't no way in the world he should have been doing that. I mean, MJ in the Wizards is bad. But MJ and the Wizards like, was gross. Yeah, it's not like though, like MJ in some, like in uh, in a Suns jersey, like a, a rival in a Jazz jersey. That would have been worse somehow. But Shaq in a Celtics uh, the, the jersey, dream, awful. dream in Toronto. That was just yeah. That's just like eh, nope. Yeah, Dream in Toronto didn't look right. Um, Peyton. Try, the, Bro- the thing about Peyton on the Broncos Peyton, is he won a Super Bowl, so then it's yeah. Con- it didn't it's look. It didn't look right though. No, it didn't. It didn't look right. Where did Emmett wind up? Arizona Cardinals, no, come on, man. He no, was a shell on, of himself. Come on, come on. It I think, I, in fact, I think I played against him. I feel like I played against him in the Dallas game, and he hurt his shoulder. 
I, I feel like I feel that way. Um, Montana, Montana didn't look right in KC, even though he was sweet. I got to tell you, when a guy has success in the new uniform, it changes it for me. If you go to a championship game, if you win a title, I like Peyton, Brady, Montana, I, I hear you, but it's not like when Patrick Ewing is in a magic uniform. Or, yeah, or Jackie, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. Winning, winning certainly changes. The cologne. Yeah, it, 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 you know, Brett Favre in a Jets uniform just didn't look right. Yeah. Even Favre. though it was green. Yeah, Favre and the Jets wasn't great. They were pretty good with them, but, yeah, not great. Favre in Minnesota didn't look right. I'm trying to think of other. Warren Sapp with the Raiders. Yeah, weird. So weird. That was just weird. I'm trying to think in baseball if there's one that jumps out, but. Eddie Murray with us in the Dodgers. Yeah, that Willie was, Mays although, with the Mets. Willie Mays with the Mets, no good. Eddie Murray was raking with the Dodgers. Like he had but three thirty for y'all one year. But it didn't year. look right. It didn't. He's an Oreo. I know him as a Baltimore Oreo. We're back in ten seconds. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We are down to choose your own adventure. This is, this is how we end the show. You get to produce this segment. Evan, do we have uh, numbers on how the people voted? Because, by the way, this time of year, Sweet 16 tonight, Duke's in it. You, you, got, you got baseball gearing up after you almost didn't have a season, opening days on the way. You have NBA playoffs coming. Just take a take a then you have NFL breaking news and we're in March and it's dominating. So we we have our all time wrong team guys. Twenty five percent said we should talk about that. Key and I just did for a little bit. Shaq on a Celtics uniform, Patrick Ewing in a in a magic uniform at the end of his career. <laughs> Jay's sweet sixteen picks, almost twenty four percent. One here is sweet 16 picks, Jay, which beating the Heat's dinner plans, right? <laughs> Spolster said they were making dinner plans with Haslam and him and, and Jimmy Butler getting into it and Kyle Lowry ducked out. Where are they eating, Key? The Fountain Blue? We're 19%. talking prime? What, what are we talking about? I'm curious where the Man. dinner plans had them going in Miami. If they was, if they was arguing like that over dinner, I don't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> NFL breaking news is the winner, 32.2% of the vote. So we're going to talk about Shocking. NFL breaking news. That this this offseason has been not quarterbacks at their peak, moving from team to team. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, wideouts, Devontae Adams, and now, Key, the latest, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill show in, in KC's over. He's uh, took his talents to Miami, to South Beach. Man, he, I, I, I know he lives in the Florida area in the offseason, but it's got to be uh, 
refreshing for him to know that he's in a no-tax state. He gets to wake up in his bed and drive in to work. Oh, man, it's just it's got to be got to be the best feeling ever. Great weather. He don't have to worry about that cold Kansas City weather. The off-season breaking news, like I tell people all the time, the NFL is 365 days a year now. Yep. It is. I love when we get into it, you understand how the sausage is made, right? Like on the basketball side, I'm like, all right, Rich Paul, that relationship with Clutch Sports and the Los Angeles Lakers and how it's not working out this year to a degree and everybody's, oh, too much power for Rich Paul. And I'm like, all right. Then I see Tyreek Hill. I'm like, oh, Drew Rosenhaus down in Miami. How much access does he have? There's people that have came in that haven't been his clients that he has have become clients and Tyree Kill coming down there out with Tua and the left tackle Armstead, all the pieces that they have. Is it enough in the AFC though to get to the playoffs? Not if you don't have the right quarterback. Yeah, Drew, That's what Drew we're Rosenhaus, you know, if you got a client, you're in the sports business and you got a client going to the Miami Dolphins, you better make sure that he he has an understanding and a wide net around him because he gonna come and you know, he gonna come try to steal him. Ain't no question about it. The great thing about Rich Paul though is he brought LA a championship. Yep. Drew Rosenhaus ain't brought no Miami Dolphins, no championship, and he stayed getting big contracts for his players down there. They couldn't even get the coach they wanted in in the Lakers. I was thinking at the time, Jeannie, this is you know this is easy, man, they, and they want to give Ty you the Lue. best coach available. Yeah, Ty yeah, and Ty Jason Kidd, yeah, yeah. So so, but anyway, so really, all this puts a lot of pressure on Tua Tagovailoa, who uh, is an accurate quarterback without a big arm, lots of dink and dunking. I think he's been, listen, 13-8 and eight as a starter coming off a catastrophic injury for a team without a lot of name-brand players, right? On the other hand, look, coach ain't there anymore. Brian Flores was coaching up that no-name defense, and they were getting after it, and he, now he's gone. So Tua has all these weapons, but as Key said, they're not perfect. He didn't just go get a big receiver to go with a speed guy. He's got multiple speed guys. And if it doesn't work out, is Bridgewater the guy? Or might someone like, I don't know, Jimmy G be available if Trey Lance takes the reins? Why do you keep floating Jimmy G's name around, man? Because he's good. It's, just, it's, it's parallel. It's, it's, it's not Mike McDaniel, they, listen, they got the coach there, the whole thing. It's parallel? Yeah. I how, think many I, super, how many I, NFC championship games has this dude been to? to but, wait, but you act like he's the – so you're telling me Jimmy G's the main reason why they made it to the NFC championship yeah, He's game. a reason. Stop. He's a reason, he's Jay. Re- thank you, G. But, but, but look, man, Jimmy G, Jimmy G is good. Let's stop acting like he's just a, a hot garbage. He's not. He's good. He is better than Tua. If he is healthy, that is a good upgrade for them if they want to try to make some noise. I, Key, I'm not saying that Jimmy G isn't good. But if you were to take me through some of the names of the top quarterbacks in this division, he's still around seven or eight. Then how come and that's okay. It, look, if you seven or eight, that's great. What was Joe Burrow before the season started last year? I understand, but Max, you got to stop acting like this is just straight quarterback to quarterback matchup. No, like, but the, but you, Packers you're, you're, had a you're, you're, No, but you got to have I, I know, but you got to have using the Aaron Rodgers argument like, well, look, he got by Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I'm like, okay, my point I, is I, it, if you have a good team like the Packers and, and the Niners way. are similarly placed teams if you took out the quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't care about the Jimmy G cuz Jimmy G didn't do jack Thank in you. that Green Bay game. That was special teams. Down, I'm just talking about was good. Come on, Max, stop. I'm just talking about his presence for some reason good things always happen to him. That's the Parcells. That's a plus for me. Okay, that's I, the Parcells. I can, I Good can go things that, happen Keith. for him. I can, I can ride but with so that to a degree. At a certain point, that's not a coincidence, Jay. It's not just luck that good things happen for him. He's making his luck. I said, do you guys think that that good things 
good things will happen in this loaded conference now? With with he doesn't. But is but is the conference really loaded, man? Or are we just putting a lot on it? Key. What do you? I think I think the AFC is way better than the NFC. Because the NFC the really the the NFC really hasn't changed like that. I think we're putting a lot on it. Russell Wilson left, and Seattle wasn't good last year either. So. But it I mean, wasn't like if it wasn't like we lost something when we lost Seattle. Depth wise, key who 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 has more depth? What what conference has more star power to it? Depth and star power. Got to be the AFC. I AFC. would say the AFC. AFC. But that doesn't make them better. At How the, do you define better? Well, NFC won the Super Bowl, right? So at the, at the high end, I would say they're similar, right? Maybe yes, that's at all the high that matters. You got the Bucks, the Packers, you got the Rams. You got uh, San Francisco, can't count Arizona, out. and 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 Dallas, New Orleans, Dallas. And, New and, Orleans but but as you get deeper down, New like Orleans the whole was five AFC and West, two, Jay, before Jameis got hurt, they were five and two. You got two divisions in the AFC where one through four, you're like, mm, that's tough. West and North, right? without so Mike, eight teams right there. Who's one? Who's one through four in the AFC? Chiefs. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Like after that, <laughs> that's it's impossible. My point. You, have to, like, you know who one through four? Bengals, is. Bills. <laughs> You're, trying, you're really trying Let's to figure it out. Chargers might jump up. Oof. Oof. That's my point. It's a load, boy. Like you're looking hey, at Max. Yo. Uh-oh. Look on the floor. See, he got you now with that tone. You look on the floor. There's Joe Burrow running by. Get him. <laughs> Here, Max. <laughs> That's right. Ride with Joe Burrow. And Justin Herbert. Patrick Mahomes. A lot of AFC quarterbacks. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.